0: In today's episode, we're going to talk about art theft, copyrights, watermarks, and what to do when you find someone selling products with your artwork online. Welcome to Make Money With Your Art. I'm your host, BJ Dell. I'm a freelance artist who took creating art as a hobby and turned it into a full-time business that brings in six figures a year. In this podcast, I'm going to share with you what I've learned along the way to help inspire and motivate other artists like you. So if you want to learn how to turn your creative passion into a successful online business, keep listening. So it was Benjamin Franklin that said, there are only two things certain in life, and I'm sure you guys know this, death and taxes. But if you are an artist and you post your work online, you can add a third to that list. Someone, sometime, somewhere, they're gonna steal your artwork. It's just a given. So what can you do about this? Uh, How should you react? Should you stop posting your art online? What are the next steps? That's gonna be the topic of today's episode. And in this episode, I might get a little heated in this one. I personally, of course, don't condone art theft. I obviously hate it. Uh, And I wish there was a way, you know, that you could stop it magically. But on the flip side of that, there's so many artists out there that spew this kind of misinformation and just uninformed armchair legal advice online. And that being said, I'm not a lawyer myself, but hopefully I can clear up some of the confusion that's out there that you might have and kind of tell you my views on the whole mess. So it's easy to get confused online when the issues of art theft are brought up, usually like in a group or on Twitter or something like that. The first thing that a lot of people are going to say is that's why you should copyright your work you'll see that time and time again and personally when i see this response i usually kind of laugh due to just how naive the comment is so according to the united states copyright law and quoting from copyright.gov the website your art is actually considered copyright protected from quote the moment it is created and fixed in a tangible form that is perceptible either directly or with the aid of a machine or device, end quote. So there you go, there's your answer. Your art is technically copyrighted once you make it. You have a copyright. Yes, having a registered copyright with the government, you know, it could help you somewhat in a legal battle, but when scaling a business like this and what we've talked about so far on the podcast, it's not financially viable to file a registered copyright on every single piece of artwork that you make and you post online. And that's really what this comes down to, what it takes and what's necessary if you want to turn making money from your art into a full-time gig versus something that brings in just a little bit of side cash. You're gonna have to scale your business. You're going to have to create hundreds, if not thousands of designs and products and registering copyrights for everything is just not gonna be financially possible. It's just not. And that's because the standard filing fee for copywriting art is 55 bucks, but If you're registering only one as the sole author and claimant, it's only 35. And it might be possible to register certain works in batches, that's what the $55 one is for. That way you only pay one fee for the registration of multiple works, but of course with this, you're gonna have to have a batch together to send off. Uh, And if you do have a batch, then you're gonna have to hold off posting them online or sharing them anywhere until you actually get the copyright registration. So that kind of puts you behind the eight ball as far as wanting to be able to share your work soon as you make it you're going to have to wait Uh, so there's some limitations to this too if you do that batch stuff i would definitely recommend if you are thinking about doing this like i said not a lawyer so talk to an attorney see what's possible and go that route with the legal counsel if you decide to take that as an option and if you do take that as an option of course this means that you think that that automatic copyright just isn't adequate enough and you've decided that your work is valuable enough, you know, to justify the cost of registering a copyright. And here's the thing, and this is what makes me so crazy when people say, you know, the only way to truly protect your art is to register a copyright. So having a registered copyright still doesn't stop People from stealing your work. Uh, people act like you know that registered copyright is some type of magic bullet that's going to stop your art from being stolen, and it's not. I mean, the purpose of a registered copyright is basically just to give you a little bit more protection and backing if you decide to pursue legal action. Doesn't mean people still aren't going to steal your work, and guess what? Legal action requires—that's right, money and time. So. Filing a lawsuit, it's going to be expensive. It's going to be time consuming between, you know, actually starting to initiate the lawsuit and then serve the defendant and do discovery and the cost of you know possibly hiring in expert witnesses. A lawsuit can cost thousands of dollars, and that's before you even factor in the attorney's fees. Now add into the fact with this, that a lot of these infringers stealing your art, they're gonna be overseas, which then can make the whole litigation tricky, if not impossible. And then also add into the fact that most of these infringers don't even make enough in five years to cover your attorney fees, let alone you know the damages that could be awarded if they're found liable. And it just doesn't make sense. So. When your art's stolen, it's usually not going to be by one of these big corporations. It's not going to be stolen by Nike or it's not going to be stolen, you know, by a massive conglomerate. It's going to be some mom and pop page or it's going to be some just random individual without a pot to piss in. Uh, There's a pretty good chance here that you're going to spend more than what you make back. So how does that make sense? Plus, if you take into consideration all the time and the effort you wasted and you can't get that back and you're on the losing end for both time and money. So uh, most cases with this, if you do hire an attorney, if you even do the registered copyrights, your attorney is actually going to tell you that it's not worth filing the lawsuit. And instead, they're just going to draft up a cease and desist letter and they're going to send that out to the infringers. But with this, you've got to remember, lawyers aren't going to work for free. And this is going to cost you money, too. Even though it's cheaper than a lawsuit, the lawyer is still going to charge for their time drafting up the letters and sending them out. So the hopeful end result here is that your stolen artwork is pulled down by the infringer. That's the the end result that you're hoping for when the lawyer sends out these cease and desist letters. But guess what? You don't need a lawyer to do that. You don't even have to have a registered copyright to do that and there's a ton of different ways to handle this by yourself. So if your artwork is stolen and appears on print-on-demand platforms, all these websites, they've got policies and procedures in place for you to report infringements and I'll go ahead and I'll post the uh, links that you need to report any infringements on the major ones. Uh, so I've got like Amazon, TeePublic, Redbubble there's a whole list of different ones and it's basically the website address link that you need to go to to send the cease and desist and they're usually pretty on top of it if you have to send those in so i'll post those down in the show notes uh, if the infringement occurs on a website owned by the thief so like we talked about that small mom and pop you can actually contact the internet service provider that hosts the website uh, with this you can actually find out this information just by performing a who is search which I'll link the website that you can do those searches on in the show notes as well. So that's another option. Also, if the site is powered by Shopify or another e-commerce platform, uh, you can actually contact them directly and they're pretty good about taking stuff down. Uh, Yet another step is if you dig into the website, you can see what payment processing company that they use. You know, Stripe is one of the big ones and there's a bunch of different ones out there. But you can actually contact the payment processing company directly and they will kind of revoke their payment processing abilities. So that's another way to kind of take care of it on your own. Uh, But if the theft appears like on social media, so like Facebook or Instagram, you can always report those cases directly to whatever platform that they show up on. I'm gonna warn you here though, once you start looking to see if your art's been stolen online, you're going down a very slippery slope. Uh, Honestly, it can be the absolute worst internet rabbit hole ever for an artist. The more art that you have posted online, the more you're gonna find stolen. You find one and then you're going to start looking for another. And the next thing you know, you found another and then you find another and you just keep going. And then you look down at the clock and oh, it's hours later and you just wasted half of a day looking for infringers, and you haven't even started the process of actually reporting them yet. You're just going through and looking and saying, yep, that's mine. That's mine. That's mine. This next statement, it's going to be a hard pill to swallow, I think, for a lot of artists who are new to having your artwork stolen. I know it sucks. I know it's just infuriating when you see it being stolen online, but here's the thing. You've got to pick your battles. Even though you see your artwork being sold on products, say on www.t-shirttodayintomorrow.com, and yeah, I just <laughs> randomly made that up. I don't think it's an actual website, if it is, sorry. Uh, but if you see your, your t-shirt or a product or your art on a t-shirt there, it doesn't mean that they've actually sold any products with your work on them yet. These random websites, they pop up all the time and they usually aren't getting organic traffic and they make very limited sales, if any sales. So don't assume just because you see something online on a website, it doesn't mean they're getting rich off of your work, because chances are they aren't making much of anything. So should you look on other platforms that get more organic traffic, so something like Amazon? Well, honestly, there's a few different things here to consider. If you're currently selling on Amazon through merch, how many designs do you have up? If you're starting out tier 10, to your 25, you know, you just have a handful. It's obviously not going to take you a ton of time to search on there and see if there's any offenders on Amazon. But like I said earlier, being able to make significant money from your art, which is, you know, kind of what we're talking about in this podcast, it's going to require you to have hundreds, if not thousands of designs and products up for sale and Once you get to that level, it's going to be virtually impossible to try and track if someone's stolen your art taking down offenders. It's a never ending game of whack-a-mole. Believe me, I'm speaking from personal experience here and looking through stuff over the years. You take down one and then two more pop back up. You take those down and then it's just this never ending cycle. It doesn't matter how much work you put in. They're going to start another website or there's going to be somebody else that finds the work. It never ends. So here's where you really need to take a step back and look at things and decide what's important and what makes the most sense. Would you rather spend hours a day looking for and reporting people selling your stolen art, or would you rather take that time that you're wasting on that and instead use it to make new art? Remember, you're an artist, don't chase after what amounts to pretty much ghosts online when you could be doing the artist thing and creating new artwork. That's what you are as an artist, so why not use that time to make new art? I've learned personally to let this go. uh, The only time that I will actively search for an infringer online is if I've got a single product or a design that takes off on a platform and starts to do hundreds or thousands of dollars in a week This obviously is gonna make it a target that could actually cut into profits if somebody else posts a design and undercuts me in price. Uh, So that's usually what I look for is if it's a high-ranked seller, that's when I might spend five or 10 minutes just real quick looking through. Uh, I also posted a video some time ago on my YouTube channel where I talked about someone stealing my artwork, and I know A lot of you guys maybe have watched that, and in this case, it was just a random stranger online reached out to me, and they saw my artwork, the original, and then saw someone else selling products with it, so they reached out to me. I can't even remember if it was on Facebook or Instagram, but basically said, hey, there's this chick out there that's selling your work, and just wanted to make you aware of it, so... Uh, The piece that they had stolen, it actually wasn't even something that I was selling on products, it was a fan art piece that was related to a band, so obviously I didn't put up uh, that piece of artwork on anything for sale because it was fan art. Uh, So that was kind of like one of those things that made it a little bit more personal because it's like, you don't need to be making money off this because I'm not making money off of this. And I went after it just it was more because of the principle of the thing. Plus, like I, I just said about chasing ghosts online, this chick, you know, I could actually put a face with a name and it had that personal element to it. So that's why I decided to go after it. Another thing is to don't think that products with big sales numbers are going to be the only targets of art theft. Honestly, if your product sells at least once or if your art is posted online and someone leaves a comment underneath, say, on Instagram or Facebook that says, I need this on a shirt. Uh, There's actually bots out there, and there's scripts that'll actually go in and scrape data and post the products for sale when it sees something that says, like, I need this on a shirt or I need this on a mug. Uh, So there's actually bots out there that do the work for these people. Uh, So this brings up really an interesting way to think about cases like this. If you've got a product that maybe you've sold once or twice, and you know that it doesn't sell super well, and you're the original creator... You know that, you know that it's not a top seller, so it's probably not gonna sell well for the thief either. So don't get too bent out of shape and see the bigger picture. Don't think that they're gonna be making tons of money on this when you know for a fact that you yourself aren't either. So with this time management, honestly, it's going to have to be a huge focus if you're looking to have success in making money with your art. I just don't want you to waste time on something that's not gonna help you grow your business. Uh, no, you know, letting this roll off your back, it's, it's going to be hard, but it will definitely help you be a more successful artist in the long run. And this next part, hopefully he doesn't mind me, uh, bringing this up on the podcast, but I got a phone call the other day from Roger Andrews. If you don't know, Roger, I have featured him on my YouTube channel before we did a live kind of Q and a with him. And he's also on YouTube himself. He's got his own channel called sketchy go Ichi, which I will link in the show notes as well, which is another art channel. Roger, just an absolutely phenomenal artist. Um, he works full time as an artist illustrator and he does a lot of freelance stuff. His past clients include Hasbro, Mattel, Lucas Licensing, Lego, AT&T, Puma, Disney. Uh, the list goes on and on. There's so many more, but you can tell. Roger knows what he's doing. He's successful as an artist. So, talking to him on the phone the other day, and the conversation eventually got on the topic of art theft. And Roger said he never actually actively looks or has ever looked to see if any of his art has been stolen posted. Uh, And this kind of blew me away. Um, It's cool hearing this and that's why I wanted to share this with you guys. He said that he just never thought about it and even if he would ever run across any of his artwork you know, being stolen, his response to this was he would just, you know, make an even better version of what was stolen or use that time to create something else altogether. And uh, here we have, you know, another incredible artist with a resume. I think most illustrators would kill to have telling you basically the same thing that I am. Invest your time into your craft rather than just chasing your tail and looking for these infringers online. Like I said, it's gonna make you a lot more successful artist and it's just gonna be a better use of your time. So that's my thoughts on copyright and covering some of the misconceptions that I see. Uh, the next words of wisdom, if you wanna call them that, uh, from a lot of kind of naive artists that talk about online and, and protecting your artwork and when artwork gets stolen, uh, oh, people are you know, stealing your artwork? Well, that's your fault because you need to add a watermark to your artwork. You know, that's usually their response. And I think, oh, really, really, Uh, you know, just adding a watermark is going to stop someone from stealing your artwork. That's the answer. Number one, I'll tell you right now, anyone with an ounce of skill in Photoshop, they're going to be able to remove a watermark in a matter of a few minutes. And I know the follow-up response to this from that group is usually, well, you aren't making a good enough, you know, detailed enough watermark. You need to have it span the entire, you know, canvas of your work from top to bottom and left to right. So you need to make a more detailed spanning the whole canvas watermark. Okay. So my response to this is congratulations. Um, You just spent hours or days or maybe even weeks creating a piece and I'm sure you poured over every single detail of that piece until everything is just right and getting ready to share it with your adoring fans online right before you do that you finish it by slapping a watermark over your work and taking away you know that impact of it and honestly just making it look like garbage all at the same time in cases like this, it's a visual experience artist, you know, most cases. And you're taking away from that visual experience by adding something to it that doesn't belong there. And I think that's kind of a disservice to you. It's a disservice to your art, and it's a disservice to the people that are viewing your art. I think about it like this, uh, I love analogies, so we'll throw out an analogy here, and you can kind of see if you agree with this. Uh, but if you think about listening to a song, You got a song you like, and as the song's playing over top of the music, randomly, you hear, this song is property of the Universal Music Group. Any authorized reproduction or distribution is illegal and punishable by up to five years in prison and a fine of $250,000. That would kill the joy of listening to that song. And honestly, I see artwork plastered with these really gaudy, bad watermarks as exactly the same thing. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that you should make it easy for people to steal your art. I'm just saying don't cut off your nose to spite your face. Another thing to consider is you can't upload designs to print on demand sites with a watermark Since the products when they print them out are going to include the watermark, that file that you're uploading, that's what gets printed on the product. So if you upload to that site with the watermark, guess what? That person that orders that T-shirt or that sweatshirt or whatever you're printing on is going to have that watermark on the product that they order course some sites they actually will add in the watermarks to the search results but once again there's bots out there and there's programs they can go through and they can scrape the original artwork in the image or they can even remove the watermark if they're using the the product uh, page or image so keep that in mind too even with the the watermarks out there on the sites like merch by amazon they do like the little folds and creases through the shirt people can still get the original image so here to kind of close this up So if you walk away from this episode thinking that I don't care about art theft or maybe you got the impression that I'm even, you know, encouraging it by my whole who cares hands off approach, I think you really missed the point of the episode. And if that's the case, I really urge you to go back and listen again and maybe even spend the next few weeks Searching for artwork that's stolen online, uh, you know, send out those takedown notices and as you do that, though, here's what I want you to do. I want you to start a journal and keep track of the time that you spent on the process. So keep track of the start time when you started looking for the stolen artwork and then, you know, all the time that it took to create the takedown notices and send those through to the right companies. Keep track of all that time. And then at the end of the period, I want you to tally up all the hours that you spent and then really take a step back and see if that was the best use of your time. How much more artwork could you have created instead? Okay, so that's it for today's episode. Hopefully I've been able to give you guys some valuable insight on how I approach copyright in dealing with art theft. Definitely stay tuned in next week's episode. We're gonna talk about posting your art online and why too many artists look at Instagram and Twitter all wrong. All right, guys, that's it for today's episode. Just want to thank you for listening. Hopefully you gained some valuable information that you can apply to your own art business. If you want to check me out online, here's where you can find me, and I'll go ahead and link all these in the show notes as well. So I've got a YouTube channel called Let's Draw with BJ Dell, where I post drawing tutorials and digital art how-to videos. If you want to hop on over there, be sure to subscribe and hit the bell so you can get notified when I post new videos. My website is bjdell.com. You can check out some of my artwork over there. Plus there's a contact form where you can send me any questions or suggestions for future episodes of the podcast on Instagram and Twitter I'm at BJ Dell and last but not least I have a private group for artists over on Facebook called Keep Creating a Learn, Draw, Share Art Community where you can share your art, get feedback and just meet some really cool supportive people so really want you guys to be a part of that as well too so hop on over there and join the group Once again, thanks for listening, and if you could, do me a favor and leave a review for the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on, and definitely share it with a fellow artist if you think they would enjoy it. So that's it for me, and until next time, keep creating.